Blog Talk Radio. Well, bless the Lord, everybody. Bless the Lord. We finally made it back. Welcome to the Word on Wednesday, and I am Pastor Winfred Burns, and I am delighted to be with you tonight. Uh, as you can see, it's a little different background tonight. We been working to set up a studio, and then last week we had uh, internet problems, and it's been one thing after the other, trying to get to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I think, is very, very important for the body of Christ today. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I started doing 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I did such a lousy job with it that I decided that it needed to be done over because there was just too many things going on and it just didn't work for me. So I'm going to start that all over again tonight. And then the other thing that um, I want to do is uh, I want to remind you to be in continuous prayer for both my wife and myself, my children, Nominal things are happening, and we want them to continue. So um, my son's trying to get a level up conference going here in Chicago, and he's running up against some resistance. Be in prayer for that. That's very, very, it's very, very important that we continue to um, minister to the body of Christ in a variety of different ways. The other thing that I want us to do tonight is I want us to remember a very, very precious saint of God who's going on to be with the Lord. And I want us to remember him as well as his family. His name is John Matthews. And John was out come to the, um, he, would, he would get on the, join uh, um, us in the Bible study. He's a member of Apostolic over here in um, Madison. And John is going on to be with the Lord and receive his reward. And we're happy that he is getting his reward now, but we're sad because John is such a great guy, and he was such an encourager, and you always look forward to seeing him and his wonderful, wonderful smile. And so tonight our heart goes out to his wife, Bonnie, and his children, uh, Danielle, and um, all the other ones escapes my mind right now. I, yeah, but anyway, um, I, wish, I just want us to be in prayer for them, and I also want us to thank God for the wonderful things that he has done through the life of John and his wife, Bonnie. With that said, let's have a word of prayer, and then we will uh, immediately go into the word of God. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come to say thank you. We bless you and we praise you for the many things that you have done for us. Tonight we pause to thank you for John Matthews. Uh, what a wonderful, wonderful brother that you gave us. What a wonderful testimony of his life, right? What a gift. What a gift to the body of Christ. Tonight we pray for Bonnie and the kids and the grandkids too uh, who will miss their father, their grandfather, and Bonnie missing their husband. We pray that you would give them a peace that passes all understanding. We pray that you would comfort them where they are right now. 
We pray, O God, that you would surround them with your arms of love. And we praise you for all that you do. Help us to teach this lesson tonight. You be our teacher. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I'm going to dive right into uh, Corinthians chapter 12. Remember now, one of the things that I want you to remember in looking at this is that um, we're still talking about division. Now, in chapter 11, we finished off with the division that was caused by the way they were taking the Lord's Supper. And now we look at the division that has been caused by spiritual gifts. And this is very important for us to understand, uh, the division that is caused by spiritual gifts, because it's happening today. Because we don't understand the gifts, there is, there's a lot of problems. Because as a matter of fact, we've even, um, there's even denominations that have been formed because of a misunderstanding of spiritual gifts. And to be absolutely honest with you, Paul is not interested in explaining gifts in such a way that we would continue our division, but instead he wants to show us unity and the necessity and the source of the gifts. And so with that said, let's just open up the Bible. And, and, and one last thing before we go in there. Now, one of the things that's happened with the gifts is because of tongues uh, being introduced into the church, specifically tongues he's going to hone in on, and you'll see it even better in chapter 14. People have said that those who, have, who speak in tongues are more spiritual than others. And so they've been using this as a way to say that I am more spiritual than other people because I speak in tongues. And the more they spoke in tongues, the more they were elevated within the church and recognized as being spiritual. So Paul's got to deal with this. And so he begins by saying, and I'm in First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another 
the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So, one of the first things that he has established, that he establishes is the Lordship of Jesus Christ as it is revealed to mankind by the Holy Spirit. So what he, say, what he says, first of all, is that none can know that Jesus is Lord except it be revealed by the Holy Spirit. Now, that's the first thing that he establishes. The second thing that he establishes, and this is the key to verses 1 through 11, is that the manifestation of the Spirit is for the common good. And so what what he's saying is something that some sections of Christianity do not accept to this very day, and that is the Spirit of God will manifest himself in worship, in the worshiping experience, by not just the individuals, but corporately by signs and wonders and the release of gifts. Now, there are some who will say that the gifts were only for the first century church. And I will argue with you that you cannot, you cannot say what God can and cannot do and when he does and does not do it. And oh, by the way, there is nothing in the Word of God that stipulates or that says that the gifts were only for the first century church. Now, I I also posit that the reason for man thinking that the gifts were only for the first century was because of what Paul says later on, and that is that the Spirit is given, the gifts are given, as the Holy Spirit sees fit. And so because man cannot control what God is doing, then he says God is not doing it. And that's one of the tricks of the enemy. That's one of the tricks of the enemy. The other thing is that, you know, in Western society, we have been trained to look at things logically. And the things that we don't understand we either dismiss or try to come up with a reason, a natural reason, for what happened. And the problem is, is that this is not a naturally occurring, occurring thing. This is a supernatural move of God. And we are talking about not that which we could see, not that which we can control, but that which happens in the spirit realm. And because we are not versed in those things, because we don't come from a society that even recognizes that things happen in the spirit, because we are so outwardly influenced, we neglect the things of the spirit. But were you born of, have you been born of the flesh or were you born of the spirit of God? That's a question that you want to ask yourself. Now, Going back to gifts, all gifts, every gift comes from the Holy Spirit. And that's what Paul says. He says, to one is given this gift, to another is given this gift, to another is given this gift. 
common good. And the Holy Spirit proportions out these gifts as he sees fit according to the will of God. And it's so, so important that we just, out of that passage, that's what we want to believe. Number one, that that the, the Lordship of Jesus Christ can only be revealed through the Holy Spirit. Number two, that it is God, it is God who allows the Spirit to manifest for the common good, that everything that happens, all of the gifts, are not for the individual, but for the edification and the building up of the body, all believers. That's two. The third thing that we want to go back and we want to say is that all gifts come from the Spirit, and then finally, the Holy Spirit distributes the gifts as he wills. Now, let's keep going, because I'm, I'm, I'm on a little roll now, and I'm doing something else that I normally don't do, and you, you probably can see it on the camera a little bit, and that is I'm working with my computer. I'm doing my notes on the computer, which is unusual for me, but i got to get better at it. Now, let's go. I'm at chapter 12. I mean, excuse, chapter 12, verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Think about that now. We were all baptized into one body, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Hold on to that. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be, here it is, no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. 
First of all, let's deal with the term baptized. Baptized, we are one body with a singular will and a singular mission that is equipped by God, surrendered to God, dead to self, but alive to Christ. That's what he's saying when he says we've been baptized. We have all declared and reckoned ourselves to be dead. When we died to ourselves and were made alive in Christ, when we were baptized and declared that we belong to Christ, our will is gone. Now, God does with us as he pleases because when we are baptized and we surrender our will to Christ, we reckon ourselves dead unto Christ, what happens? Well, we take on the personality, we take on the mission, we take on the will of Christ, and we go and do his business. Remember the song we used to sing, no more, no more I, no more I, but the Christ that lives within? This is what that means. It means that now, when we, when we go, we are going for Christ to do his work. And then because we have the Holy Spirit, we, he equips us to do his work, and he gives us the gifts necessary to complete the job that he sends us on. And the manifestation within worship, within the community of worship, of the gifts is to strengthen and build the body. Stay on with that thought. Let's, let's stay with that thought for a minute. Let's stay with that thought for a minute. Secondly, everybody doesn't have the same gift. You see, now they're saying in, in, in this in his letter, he's addressing the fact that everybody is striving after tongues because they say tongues are the gift to have. And, it, and those who speak in tongues are more spiritual. But in essence, what he's saying is, no, he says, first of all, you don't fit the gift. Second of all, there needs to be a diversity of gifts because there are differing needs within the body. So, God gives us what we need. He then goes on and he, he, he advances this metaphor about basically saying that if an ear says that because I'm just an ear, I ain't nothing, or if this part that's not, you know, prominent and comely and, and all this kind of stuff says I'm not nothing, he says, oh, no, you're, you're very, very necessary. Let me, let me, let me, let me dive into that. So, you ever seen your liver or your kidney? Don't, they're not pretty at all. They don't look like all of this beauty right here. But try to live a little while without a liver and see what happens. Or try to live without your kidneys and see what happens. Why do you think all these people run into dialysis all the time? Because they need that. And the church is suffering right now because some of the things that we need that God has given are lying dormant within the church because, one, certain congregations don't recognize the gift, and, two, some don't realize that, it, that, that not only is it lying dormant, but some don't give the proper weight 
to the gift. And now, before we go any further, Paul does not give us an exhaustive list of the gifts. That this is not an exhaustive list of the gifts. Because I can think of some gifts that God has given to people. They're gifts of, of touch. There are certain people that just can walk up to you and touch you on your shoulder. And for some strange reason, you feel better. There are certain people that just can smile at you. Their personality is so welcoming that you just feel better. You feel a part of. And so you don't see those listed here, but those are gifts. There are certain people that have the gift of being on the kids. That's not listed here. And let me tell you, that's a gift. Anybody that's got any kids or been around any kids, you know you need a gift for dealing with them. Oh, yeah. So now, third thing is that not only do we need to recognize the diversity of gifts, but that unity within the body as the gifts work are important. Stay with with this illustration of the body. So your heart decides, I got an attitude today, so I ain't pumping nothing. I'm not working with them veins today. Them veins ain't got on my nerves. And so you just got pumping. What do you think will happen? When we don't operate in the gift that God has given us in concert with the rest in the body, when we refuse to cooperate because of our attitude, we need to die. That's a signal that you need to die to self. If your opinion is so, uh, and, and you so such a much that you can't get along with anybody, you can't work with anybody, you need to die. Because you're too alive for Christ to use you. Yes, there must be unity. There must be submissiveness. You have to be submitted not to an individual, but to Christ himself. And we are told to submit ourselves one to another. So it's not, I'm bowing down. You know, it's mutual submission and all of us submitting to the will of God. Mm. Now, third thing, the fourth thing, members cannot function independently. I don't care who you are. I don't care how important you think you are. In the body of Christ, you are not independent. You are interdependent. We, we all need each other, every last one of us. And God puts us in the body as he teaches fit. So wherever God puts you at, function. Follow the Holy Spirit. Do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So four things that can pull up in 26. One, we've been baptized, and you know what baptism means. We did. We just did. Number two, that diversity. Don't think that your gift is unnecessary, and don't think that you have to have the same gift as somebody else. No. We need them all. Three, we have to work together. And four, we depend on one another. But now again, he gets to this last portion. Let me move my notes a little bit so I can make sure. And he says something, but I want to make sure I'm at the right place. There we go. Now, 
We're at verse 27. Chapter 12, verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. So after he comes out of saying that there is a need for diversity of gifts and that God gives us the gifts as he sees fit and that no one can act independently, then he, at the end of this passage, uh, verse 30, he says, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. So he's saying that gifts do have a hierarchy. Just have a hierarchy. There's a hierarchy of And what is that hierarchy all about? Well, let me show you what he says. He says he's appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. You see it? You see that? What does that? What does that say to you? What does that say to you when he says? Desire the higher gifts after he basically ranked the gifts. He's, look, what is the apostle? What is an apostle? An apostle is one who is sent to establish congregations, to establish churches. He is, a, he is God's emissary, and he is sent with the word to scatter the word all over the land and establish churches. What is a, a, a um, let, me, let, me, let me make sure that I have everything in order right here real quick. I've got to move up. Yeah, there we go. What are prophets? Prophets are those who speak on behalf of God. So they are the ones who are going to uh, go forward and say, thus saith the Lord. They are the ones who sometimes foretell and most times foretell the word of God, what God is saying in the, in, in the right now to a person or congregation. Those are the those are the prophets, and what are they doing? They are once again building up the body through the word of God. Are you seeing a pattern here? And then teachers, teachers are those who explain the word to help deepen the knowledge of the individuals with in the congregation. So what is he saying? He's saying that the most important gifts are those that 
that involves the administration of God's word. Those that reveal the purpose of God, the apostles revealing the word of God so those who are called to Christ can, can hear and receive salvation. The prophets, those who have um, the need for what we call a rhema word, a word of life now, not a historical word, not a word that for just for the future, but a right now word as well as a word that leads you into the future. So what you're seeing now is you're seeing that those who handle the word, those who are gifted in those areas, those are the areas that he says, that's what I want you to do. The teachers, those who explain the word and help you come to an understanding of what God is saying and what God is telling you to do, those who help lead you into your purpose. One, two, three. Apostles, prophets, and teachers. See how he ranks those in there? And then he goes on to those who work miracles and those who have gifts of healing. Those are what those are what we call the sign gifts. And he is not discounting them, but he's basically saying for the mission of God to go forward, his word has to go forward. And then he equips those, he, he gives us signs and wonders so he can validate his word. So when you look at gifts of healing, when you look at gifts of miracles, and you go back to the Gospels, go back and read the Gospels, and when you see Jesus healing the sick, when you see Jesus working miracles, walking on water, what is he doing here? He is validating the word. He is validating what he said. He is validating the 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 Old Testament prophets and the things that they told him. And in the New Testament, that's what these are for, to validate God's word that has already gone on and is ongoing through the apostles, prophets, and teachers. What other what kind of gifts does he enumerate here? And again, as I said earlier, these are not an exhaustive list of the gifts. What he's showing them is God's manifestation within the congregation will come through gifts. And he has called people, he has, he has handed out the gifts. Okay, so there's gifts of healing. And then let me, get, let me go all the way down so I make sure that I don't miss any of them. And I want you to see one last thing before we start wrapping up. There's helps uh, giving a supernatural assistance, a supernatural helping. Then there's administering, supernatural ability to bring order within the body and cause it to function properly. Then there is various kinds of tongues. Now, do you notice? in the ranking of things, where he puts 
is these tongues, the tongues that people think that are so important that make you spiritual. Do you see where he ranks them at? And now, hold on, because when we get to uh, chapter 14, one of the things that you'll see in chapter 14 is him really dealing with tongues and the purpose of tongues. And I am not one who is ever going to tell you that tongues are not a gift from God and that tongues are not essential to the body and that tongues are not essential to the individual. Never say it. Not my gift. Not my gift at all. But, but it is a gift from God that is essential for the body because if it wasn't essential for the body, then he wouldn't have given it to us in the first place. In terms of the hierarchy that he's establishing here, he, he ranks it down lower. Why did he do this? Because he wants to show them that, no, that's not the way you judge spirituality at all. That's not the way you do it. And we've, I think we've seen that before. But then let's go further with this. So he says tongues. And that various kinds of tongues, he says. What are the various kinds of tongues? Well, first of all, there is the tongue that is spoken, uh, a human, where a human language is uttered by an individual who had never studied that language, as we saw in Acts. When the, when the language that they're talking about in Acts was given to the disciples supernaturally, and it was not the unknown tongue, but it was the tongues of the people that were there. Remember Parthians and, and Greeks and all kinds of people had come to Jerusalem for worship, and they heard the word of God proclaimed in their native tongue by people who had never, who had never learned these languages. That's one type of tongue. The second type of tongue that we see is the tongue that is spoken publicly by a human that is not understandable by others. That's the second type of tongue. So someone stands up in the congregation and publicly begins to speak in a non-human language that is not understandable to anyone in the congregation. But yet, if it's done properly, someone within that congregation will then stand and interpret what that person has said. That's the second type of tongue. And then the third type of tongue that's identified in the Bible is the unknown tongue that is spoken by the individual to God. We call it a prayer language. So it's a personal prayer language where a person is praying by the Spirit of God and he is speaking to God. Uh, Paul sometimes refers to this as the language of angels. So all of these are gifts in the body to the body, for the body. To the body, in the body, for the body. That's important that we see that tonight. So um, all of you who think that, you know, these gifts are spooky and all of that kind of stuff, God doesn't want you to be scared of them. 
No. And anything that you need to understand about this, you, you go talk to God about it and watch the Holy Spirit lead you to the understanding necessary and the revelation of the gift that he's apportioned to you. And there might not be any of these listed, but I'm telling you, everybody got a gift. Amen? Now, so, he ends the chapter like this. He says, verse 31, and I will show you a still more excellent way. And that's what we got to look forward to next week. So, what did we learn tonight? We learned a lot in chapter 12. And did you notice that one of the things that, that, that he's calling for, that the, chapter 11, he was speaking about the fact that the things that bring division. Here he speaks about the fact that a misunderstanding of the gifts will bring division. But because we now understand that one, the gifts come from God, two, that they're for our common good, there is a diversity of gifts. Four, that the gifts that He gives are in operation, not independently, but they, they are dependent. That we don't take our gifts and just walk in the corner, or that we don't take what God has given us and we become the long ranger, but instead, somebody's depending on your gift, and you are depending on the gifts of others. So we all, there's no big eyes and little U's, and nobody can operate except by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, we all need each other. And then finally, he, he, he shows us that the gifts are missional. God gives us the gifts to carry out the mission of God. So it ain't not for us to look, uh, look good and for us to, you know, say how spiritual we are and all that kind of thing. No, we're on a mission. If you think about it, if you were in the army, or, or Marines or something like this. So one guy gets the great big old gun, and his, his thing is he got to shoot all of these jokers in a hurry. And then somebody else got a little bitty uh, gun, and he's going to take out a bunch of individuals. Somebody else got a bazooka, and he's supposed to drop bombs on, on tanks and all of this kind of stuff to blow up any kind of tank. Everybody is equipped in such a way to advance the mission. And that's what we do. And all of us have to work together. If the dude on the bazooka decides he's not working his bazooka today, and here comes some tanks, the dude with the big old gun can shoot it, but he, I'm sorry, it's not going to work. I need a bazooka. Well, in the household of things, I need me a prayer warrior from time to time. So other times, I need the prophet. Still other times, when I'm struggling to understand something, I need the teacher. And then sometimes when, when, when my faith is waning or when I'm in a, I'm in a particular situation where I've exhausted myself, I need to go and manifest a miracle. You see, so with all of this going on, we can't walk by ourselves. And every last gift, 
And this is where I want to I wanna end at. Every last gift that is given to us is for all of us. It's for all of us. So you prophets, you belong to us. You apostles, you belong to us. You with gifts of administration, you belong to us. You with the gifts of help, you belong to us. You that can take care of some kids, y'all belong to us. You with that, oh, that beautiful Holy Ghost smile, you belong to us. My wife with her hugs ministry, oh, I'm so glad she belonged to us. That's healing. Do we all understand that tonight? So now, let's just pray, and we'll call it a night. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come to say thank you. We bless you and praise you that you have given gifts to the body. Father, help us to understand, accept, and walk in our gifting. To serve one another. To not get all caught up in big headed and seeking fame and fortune, but instead, God, to humble ourselves, to walk and to serve one another. God, I want to thank you and we praise you. And we bless you for helping us understand your word in the area of spiritual gifts. In Jesus' name. If there's any questions, put them up on the screen. And uh, I'll try to answer them real quick. Otherwise, we're going to call it a night. And you do know that uh, I ain't going to linger. I do not linger. Let me give you this number for the goes on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, the number is 929-477-2304. 929-477-2304 is the Blog Talk Radio number. Uh, I don't see any questions coming up here right now. So I am going to say good night and God bless you. Uh, again, keep uh, Matthew's family in prayer. Keep my family in prayer. I'll be praying for each of you. And also make sure that, that you go back and you ask uh, questions concerning these gifts. Be blessed and have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Hey, Mother, how you doing out there? I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.